Hi, this is Bill Woods, and I wanted to talk to you today about the fact that we as a nation are celebrating 246 years since the Declaration of Independence was signed in the Revolutionary War. You know, we kind of enjoy our freedoms. The problem is, too many people take our freedoms for granted. They don't realize what it's cost, and today I want to tell you freedom is never free. For this message, I'm relying on a short book written by Paul Harvey that had the title, Our Lives, Our Fortunes, Our Sacred Honor. Most of the material that I'm using today, as far as the patriotic part, comes from his book. And I want to mention this so you will understand that I'm not plagiarizing and pretending that it's my own work. But I think it's splendid work and I wanted to share it with you. He starts out... The United States of America was born in 1776, but it was conceived 169 years before that. The earliest settlers had watered the New World with much sweat, had built substantial holdings for themselves and their families, and when the time came to separate themselves from the tyranny and ocean away in England, at best it meant starting all over again after the destruction of war. All other world's revolutions before and since were initiated by men with nothing to lose. These 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence had everything to lose, nothing to gain, except one thing, our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. In the Pennsylvania State House, now known as the Independence Hall, the best men from each of the colonies sat down together and what a tremendous hour in our nation's history. One of those rare occasions in history when we had greatness to spare. These were men of means, well-educated. Twenty-four were lawyers and jurists. Eleven were merchants. Nine were farmers who owned large plantations. Men of means, well-educated. They all signed the Declaration of Independence knowing that the penalty would be death if they were captured. On June 11th, a committee met to draw up the Declaration of Independence. They were going to tell the British no more rule by redcoats. Below the dam of ruthless foreign rule, the stream of freedom was running shallow and muddy, and they were lighting the fuse to dynamite that dam. This pact, a partnership between the living and the dead and yet the yet unborn, there was no bigotry, no uh, demagoguery in this group. All had shared hardships. Jefferson completed a draft of the document in 17 days, and it was adopted by Congress in July. King George III had denounced all rebels in America as traitors. Hanging was, one, was the punishment for treason. For six months, the names of the signers was kept secret. Each man knew the full meaning of that powerful last paragraph where his signature pledged his life, his fortune, and his sacred honor. Fifty-six men signed their names beneath the pledge. Fifty-six men knew when they signed that they were risking everything. They knew if they won this fight, the best they could happen would be years of hardship in a struggling nation. If they lost, it would be the hangman's rope. But they signed the pledge, and they did pay the price. Here is the fate of the gallant 56 men who signed. Five signers, like I said, were, or five signers were captured by the British as traitors, and 
tortured before they died. Twelve had their homes ransacked and burnt. Two lost their sons serving in the Revolutionary Army. Another had two sons captured. Nine of the 56 fought and died from wounds or hardships of the Revolutionary War. They signed and pledged their lives and their fortunes and their sacred honor. They held to that pledge. It meant something. Carter Braxton of Virginia was a wealthy planter and trader who saw his ship swept from the seas of the, by the British Navy. He sold his home and properties to pay his debts. He died in rags. Thomas Lynch, Jr. signed that pledge. He was third-generation rice grower, aristocrat, large plantation owner. After he signed, his health failed. With his wife, he set out for France to regain his failing health, but the ship never got to France and was never heard from again. Thomas McKean of Delaware was so harassed by the enemy that he had to move his family five times in five months. He served in Congress without pay. His family was kept in hiding. Everything he owned was taken from him, and poverty was his reward. Vandals or soldiers looted the properties of Ellery and Clymer and Hall and Gwyneth and Hayward and Ruthledge and Middleton. Thomas Nelson, Jr. of Virginia raised $2 million on his own signature to get provisions for the Allies, the French fleet. He personally paid back the loans after the war, wiping out his entire estate. He was never reimbursed by his government. In the final battle of, for Yorktown, Thomas Nelson, Jr. found the British General Cornwallis had taken over Nelson's home for his headquarters. He urged General George Washington to open fire. The home was destroyed and Nelson died bankrupt and was buried in an unmarked grave. He'd pledged his life, his fortune, and his sacred honor. The home and properties of Francis Lewis were destroyed. The enemy put his wife in jail. She died within a few months. Richard Stockton was captured and mistreated. His health was broken so badly that he died at 51 years of age. His estate was pillaged. Thomas Hayward Jr. was captured with when Charleston fell. John Hart was driven from his wife's bedside where she lay dying. Their 13 children fled for their lives. His fields and his grist mill were laid to waste, and for over a year he lived in forests and caves. When he returned home, he found his wife dead and his children vanished. Only a few weeks later, he died from exhaustion and a broken heart. Lewis Morris' land was destroyed and his family scattered. Philip Livingston died in just a few months after the hardships of war. History remembers John Hancock best because of a quirk of fate rather than anything he stood for. His great sweeping signature attested to his vanity and stands out over the others. He was one of the wealthiest men in New England. He stood outside Boston one terrible night of war and said, Burn Boston, though it makes John Hancock a beggar if the public good requires it burn. He also lived up to the pledge. These were the stories and sacrifices of the American Revolution. These men were not wild-eyed, rabble-rousing ruffians. 
They were soft-spoken men of means and education. They had scrutiny and security. They had valued liberty, but they valued liberty more. Standing tall, straight, and unwavering, they pledged for the support of this declaration the firm reliance on the protection of the divine providence. We mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. They won for us a free and independent America. The history books don't tell a lot about what happened in the Revolutionary War. They didn't fight just the British. They were British subjects at that time, and they fought their own government. Some of us take our liberties too much for granted. Listen, we shouldn't. Tomorrow, take a few, or this 4th of July, take a few minutes while enjoying your your holiday celebration and silently thank God for these men who sacrificed so much for our nation. It's really not much to ask for the price they paid to remember them, to thank God for them, and to remember that freedom is never free. As thankful as I am for the terrible price these 56 signers were willing to pay to establish and provide a nation where I could grow up and know freedom, I'm even more thankful for the one who paid the price for me to have freedom from the bondage of sin. Because the wages of sin is death, Jesus Christ took my sin and died on the cross, sacrificing his life in my place because I couldn't pay the price for my own sins. He didn't have to do it, but because of love, he was willing to sacrifice himself to pay the price that I might be set free from sin and the bondage of Satan. I was born a sinner. I could not redeem myself. The problem started in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and allowed sin into the human race. God had said not to eat of a certain tree, the fruit, because if they did, they would surely die. Satan come and tested them, tempted them. They saw that the fruit looked desirable. They ate it, and when they sinned, they caused all kinds of problems for us and all the rest of history. When they sinned, they lost the dominion that God had given them over his creation, if you will, the title deed of the earth. Satan gained that dominion and became the illegitimate ruler of the world. And that's why Satan could offer Christ all the kingdoms of the world in that temptation when he was tempting him and saying if he would only bow down and worship him. As descendants of Adam, we all are born with that sinful disposition which is handed down from generation to generation. It's just like our DNA that's handed down. We have certain characteristics of our ancestors because we have the genetic makeup, the DNA that gives us the whatever color eyes, whatever color hair. Well, sin is passed down that same way from generation to generation. Unless a way could be found to free us of that sin, we were all bound for hell. But praise God, God found a way. He sent Jesus to be part of the human race. Jesus, his son, had no sin because he was the perfect son of God, not the son of Adam. His mother was a virgin, which qualified him to be part of the human race, but without the sin handed down by a human father. He was the perfect sacrifice for sin, a sinless human and yet divine. 
He could qualify as a man and could defeat Satan's treachery and win back the title deed of the earth. As a perfect sacrifice, he died in my place and your place so that we could be forgiven by God and adopted into God's family as joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Jesus paid the wages of sin, which is death, so that you and I wouldn't have to. If Jesus hadn't taken my sins and your sins to the cruel cross and paid the penalty for our redemption with his own blood, we wouldn't know the joy of sins forgiven and know what it would be like to have a clear conscience. We wouldn't have the hope of eternal life in heaven. By the way, Jesus didn't only die on the cross, but he rose again from the grave three days later, conquering death, sin, and the grave so that you and I can have the promise of heaven. The wonderful thing about this is that it is a free gift. Anybody can claim it and have eternal life if they just repent of their sins and reach out to Jesus Christ. Talk about a spiritual declaration of independence. As you celebrate July 4th, remember John said in John 8:36, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. We have a lot to be thankful for as we celebrate the 4th of July, our Independence Day. We live in a nation whose founding fathers sacrificed to provide the blessings we enjoy as citizens free from cruel bondage of England. And we serve a God, though, who has provided freedom from sin and gives us his promise of eternal life in his wonderful heaven. I hope that you have a nice, fun, safe 4th of July, but please take time to be aware of your blessings. Let me suggest that if you just celebrate Independence Day because you don't have to go to work and you can indulge in picnics and lots of food and sit around drinking beer and have a real lazy day, you're missing the point. We've been given the privilege of living in a wonderful country, but remember, it costs the shedding of blood, life, and limbs and more sacrifice than we can even imagine. It wasn't just the Founding Fathers that have paid that price, but throughout the, the history of this world, of this nation, I mean, throughout that, we have had people going to war and sacrificing their lives so that you and I could enjoy the freedoms we have today. Thousands have died on the battlefield to keep us free. Remember those who paid the ultimate price for these freedoms that we take so for granted, and be thankful that they cared enough about our remaining free that they were willing to make that sacrifice. You know, it kind of bothers me when people just don't ever think about the wonderful heritage we have as Americans, and they go out and they, they, they want to overthrow the nation, they want to turn us back around to communism or Marxism or something. There's that kind of movement going on today. What's the matter with these people? Why don't they fall in love with the nation that they have? And why don't they realize what it's cost to have a nation like the United States of America? This fact should compel us to be very, the very best citizens that we can be. It should compel us to pray for our United States. We are drifting away from being the nation our founding fathers envisioned for us to be. 
We're no longer really one nation under God indivisible. There's so much turmoil, so much uh, things going on, so much division. We need to be in constant prayer for our nation that God will send a revival and turn us back around to be the nation we were established to be. Take time to thank God for his blessings and for those who paid the ultimate price so that you could celebrate this week. I doubt if those 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence would have fought so hard if God hadn't sent Jesus to give us his best and to help us to realize there's a better way than the sinful way. I wonder if those men would have been pleased to see how far we've drifted from what they willingly paid. There was such a heavy price to achieve so that we could have the freedoms today that we have. You know, most of the laws that they cited as they put our government together came right out of the Word of God. Our government and the laws were modeled after the laws God uses to govern His universe. If we continue to let politicians dismantle the laws, we're going to lose our great nation forever. And those who died for our republic will have died in vain. Tell Jesus you love and appreciate Him. You're thankful for the nation that we have. And that we can't imagine what Jesus endured to free us from Satan's bondage. And we want to be good stewards of the things that have been given to us. The 4th of July will mean so much more if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and celebrate with the author of our freedom. God has provided a nation for you that is now 246 years old. Remember to honor God and maintain our freedom. Remember to pray and to witness and to find God's complete will for you. Remember also, freedom is never free. We have been handed a wonderful country, a wonderful gift. Let's pass it on to the next generation. Let's really show how grateful we are for the price that has been paid to put our nation together where it is today. And let's not let it slip away. But let's begin to pray for a national revival. The Bible says, uh, you know, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven, then will I heal their land. And today, July 4th, in the year 2022, there has never been a time that we've needed more to confess the sins of this nation to God and ask God to heal our land and to heal our hearts and put us back together as he sees fit. Won't you accept Christ as your Savior, please? Father, I thank you for the nation that you gave to us, this United States of America. I thank you, Lord, that we've had the freedoms all through these 246 years to accept you, to worship as we want to, to please you. But God, things are getting pretty sticky right now. There's movements on to try to take our freedoms away. There's movements on to try to turn us back to communism or to Marxism or somehow to destroy the things that we've enjoyed this long. God, wake Christians up and help us to begin to pray for this nation, for our leaders, for the people, Lord, that are taking this wrong direction. Help us, Lord, to pray that they will get turned around and bring us back to what 
was intended to be the United States of America. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to get a hold of me, you know, I, my email address is lowercase r-e-v-w-m-w-w-o-o-d-s at gmail.com. My mailing address is Box 3041 Sun Valley, Arizona. And I would encourage you to write if you want to. I have the website, which is uh, the lowercase uh, church of the Galilean.com and also you know uh, if if you need to have prayer so let us know so we can pray for you God bless you have a blessed 4th of July don't forget your heritage and make sure that you live the life that can be passed on to the next generation